Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. A podcast for kids, by kids. Hello, and welcome back to Season 3 of Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. I'm Bridget, and along with my sister Molly. Hi everyone! We are so excited to bring you a whole new season of the spooky, the fascinating, and the incredible stories we hear growing up in New England. We've been busy during our off time, mostly because we've been at the softball fields because it's Bridget's tournament season, but I've also been dancing, and we've had fun at the beach and at our grandma's lake and spending time with friends. And basically just doing summer stuff. (laughs) If you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you enjoy what you hear, and the best part of our podcast is you don't need to listen in order, so... Start here, or start at the beginning, or just binge listen to them all. (laughs) This season we have some great stories for you. Some involve ghosts and spirits, some don't, but they are all stories that really interest us, and we were excited to learn more about. Right, Molly really wanted to do the Ida Lewis Lighthouse after learning about Ida Lewis in school last year, so that will be a future episode. And we love both exploring and flying kites at Fort Adams, so we will have an episode on that too. Plus all sorts of other stories from our adventures, including Champ, Burlington's Vermont's very own lake monster, and an interesting story about a crazy winter in 1857. Plus much, much more. But today we are going to take a little road trip outside of New England, and if you haven't already guessed based on the title of the podcast, we are going to talk about the ghosts of Gettysburg. Yes, we know this isn't New England, but we took a road trip this summer to Gettysburg and Hershey, Pennsylvania, because Bridget's softball team had a tournament there, and of course, because we are us, we did some history exploring, and our mom surprised us with something totally amazing that we will talk about in just a bit. So grab a seat, or don't, not sure what you like to do while listening to us, but here we go! (laughs) Just a little bit of background in case you aren't familiar with Gettysburg. Gettysburg is a small town in Pennsylvania, not far from the West Virginia border. Back in the 1800s, it was mostly a farming town. When the Civil War started in 1861, Pennsylvania was part of the Union, or the Northern States. The Civil War between the U.S. was between northern states and southern states, fighting after the South succeed or separated and started their own country over several issues, but the main one was slavery. The South wanted slavery. The South wanted slavery. They depended on it for the economy, and the North wanted to abolish slavery. So how did Gettysburg, this tiny little rural town, get involved, you ask? Well, Robert E. Lee, the Southern General, had invaded the North and was trying to defeat the Union Army. General Meade, the Northern Commander, decided to take one last stand to push the Southerners back and the town this all happened in was Gettysburg. Well, up until 1863, things weren't looking good for the Union. On July 1st, 1863, That started to change. Confederate General Robert E. Lee moving his troops north in order to get further into Union territory. In order to stop them, the Union Army took a route to overtake them with both sides meeting up in the small farming town of Gettysburg. When the fighting started, both sides were waiting for reinforcements, 
but by the second day they were at full force. Over 94,000 soldiers were on the Union side and about 72,000 on the Confederate side. If you've never been to Gettysburg, we highly recommend if you are interested in history or ghosts. And we're assuming you are because you're listening to this podcast. So between July 1st and July 3rd, the battle raged on. In July, this area is hot, like super hot and muggy. It's so, so, so muggy. There aren't a lot of trees also, and just a lot of wide open fields dotted with a few rocky hills and some small outcroppings of trees. But for the most part, these soldiers were living, fighting, and dying in the summer heat. Over the course of the three-day battle, the Confederate and Union armies lost and gained ground. Decisive battles were won and lost, most of the time over maintaining the high ground in areas that would be named Little Round Top, Big Round Top, the Wheat Field, Culp's Hill, Cemetery Hill, and Devil's Den. Gettysburg was the deadliest battle in the Civil War. There were about 46,000 casualties, or men getting hurt, and over 8,000 deaths. That's a lot of men who suddenly and violently died, which is one of the reasons it's one of the most haunted places in the world. But did you know one of the casualties of the battle wasn't a soldier at all? It was a young woman named Jenny Wade. She was at her aunt's house in town when the fighting started. Over 150 bullets hit the house that day. On July 3rd, Jenny was making bread in the kitchen. Can we talk about how she is just making bread in the middle of a war zone? I would be cowering in a corner. Seriously, but they need to eat. So she's making bread when a stray bullet from a sharpshooter comes through the door, strikes her, and she dies instantly. That house on Baltimore Street is now called the Jenny Wade House and is a bed and breakfast. You can actually stay there and see the musket ball holes. And it's haunted. They give ghost tours, so check it out. Okay, back to the war. Now, we learned a lot of details about the flanks and the charges and how the battles were fought, which was interesting, but also very complicated, and we don't feel like we could explain it completely or correctly, so we are going to be a little vague here. But if you go to Gettysburg, visit the Gettysburg National Military Park Museum. It's awesome. They have two options for learning more there. The first is the museum, which is honestly one of the better ones we have been to. It is packed with artifacts, short videos, and explanations about the Civil War and the battles of Gettysburg. But if you have the time, we also recommend getting the ticket that includes the movie and Cyclorama. The movie gives a great visual overview of the battle and was produced by the History Channel, so it's like the documentaries you watch on there. But don't worry, it's only like 20 minutes or so. But from there you go up to the Cyclorama, which is apparently only one of two originals in the world and they have special lights and sound effects that take you through the battle using this 1800s giant painted canvas that, that literally goes 360 around this huge room and you can stand in the middle. I mean, this is hand painted and I can't even tell you how big it is. It's huge, you have to see it. But if you don't like loud noises like cannon fire, cover your ears, it's loud. Yeah, and if you have a seizure disorder, just beware, they do have strobe lights. Okay, so we recommend the Visitor Center 100%. It's also air-conditioned, 
which is 100 million percent appreciated in the summer because if you didn't hear it's hot but mom and dad kept saying this was the coolest it's ever been in their visit so imagine how much hotter it could have been ugh i love the heat but it was hot well maybe it wasn't hot so much as just super humid so one of the other very cool things about visiting this place is they have all sorts of audio tours you can take. Just pull it up on your phone and connect it to your car's Bluetooth and away you go on the comfort of your air-conditioned car. Yeah, so mom found a cool tour in the app store. It was $10 and called the Ghosts of Gettysburg. There were free tours too. I'm sure you could find one that focuses whatever interests you most. There's so many of them. But this one was cool because it used GPS to track where you're at and trigger the audio to play when you're in a certain spot. It also provides directions so you can get to each spot. In all, most audio take about three hours, so just be prepared. You aren't driving the whole time. You get out and explore areas, but there aren't bathrooms or food options once you go inside the trails, so just take care of the business before you go. One spot we stopped to do a lot of exploring at was Devil's Den. Devil's Den was, is a group of rocks with deep crevices and little caves. Sounds like it would be a good place to hide out if you are planning an attack. And compared to the open fields surrounding it, there is some protection there. It's fairly small and directly below a larger hill known as Round Top. There was some back and forth between the armies at Devil's Den and the casualties were large, which means it tends to be very active paranormally. There are stories of visitors seeing a soldier laying in one of the caverns made by the rocks, but when they take a picture, their device malfunctions and the spirit disappears. Visitors and ghost hunters report their phones and cameras shutting off and equipment that stops working, only to become perfectly fine once they leave the area. We also heard another story from 1939 that was in the Harrisburg Telegraph newspaper. A man driving along in his car when he noticed two uniformed soldiers carrying rifles and walking on the side of the road. The man pulled over and noticed that their uniforms were quite old. He asked the two men if they needed help, and they said their friend was injured and, and needed assistance. The soldiers prompted the man to follow them to a nearby tree, which was propping up another uniformed soldier dying from a severe chest wound. Panicked, the man said he'd get help and frantically drove to the nearest gas station. Upon telling the cashier what he had just witnessed, he was told to not bother and that the soldiers wouldn't be there when he returned. Apparently, this was happening to many folks who were passing by the area back then. There is also a helpful ghost in the area of Devil's Den. Based on description, it is believed this shoeless entity is a Confederate Texas soldier Lost hunters or visitors have been known to get a helpful point in the direction they need to go by a young man they encounter, only to have him vanish when they turn to thank him. Another woman was climbing the rocks in the 1970s and got stuck, unable to figure out how to get down. This soldier appeared and told her, what you need is over there. She managed to get down and, and tell the tale to park staff, who told her the man appears often in the area. But the spookiest one is a story of a woman who was climbing on the rocks near a crevice with her friend. Then she felt something grab her ankle. She looked down and saw a Civil War soldier grabbing her. She screamed and looked back up to her friend. By the time she looked back down at her foot, the man was gone.
So we took our K2 and cameras with us to explore the area a bit. We didn't really get anything unusual, but it was also midday. Molly even went into one of the caves pretty deep and sat with the K2 and asked questions for a bit. Yeah, you sent me in there all by myself in the pitch black. Well, you're the only one with this fit and spiders. Yuck. Thanks a lot. I'm just glad no one grabbed my ankle. So just up the hill is Round Top and Little Round Top. Stories of men who are still replaying their last bloody moments are well known here too. Mysterious lights, disembodied screaming, and gunfire can all be heard around dusk into the evening. And back in 1993, during the filming of a movie, Gettysburg, there is a truly spooky story from the Civil War reenactors that were extras in the movie told. One day around sunset during filming, a group of extras portraying Union soldiers were relaxing on Little Round Top, the site of Chamberlain's victory on the second day of battle. They heard a rustling in the trees and were startled as a rather haggard old man in the uniform of a Union private came upon them. Filthy and reeking of sulfur, one of the key ingredients of black powder guns during the Civil War, he said, Rough run today, eh, boys? Then he proceeded to give the startled group of reenactors a handful of musket rounds. Noticing they didn't look like the rounds issued to them, they went to the head of props for film, who told that they weren't used by him. Later, they made their way into the Gettysburg proper to have them checked out and were chilled to learn they were genuine musket rounds dated from the time of the battle. Whoa, I wonder if he looked solid. Like, could they tell that he wasn't solid? He had to be a pretty strong entity. Seriously. Okay, there are a ton of stories from Gettysburg. There could literally be a whole podcast just on Gettysburg. I'm sure there are. We're splitting this episode into two just because of all the cool experiences and stories. But our final story in this episode is the woman in white. And you're probably thinking, yeah, yeah, woman white. Those are everywhere, and you would be right, but we actually had an experience here. You might want to tell them where. Oh yeah, I got so excited, I jumped ahead. Okay, this is Spangler's Meadow and Spangler's Spring. This area is where hundreds of Union soldiers from Massachusetts and Indiana died while trying to take ground from the Confederates. The woman in white had been seen countless times since the battle, she is seen floating along the ground, occasionally bending over like she is tending to someone on the ground. Some believe she's a nurse, going from soldier to soldier, trying to help them. Others believe she may be looking for a lost love who died in the battle. Either way, this nameless specter is a frequent visitor to the area. So again, we stopped the tour and hopped out of the car to do some exploring with our trusty K2. Our ghost app on Bridget's phone for an EVP session, and our mom's floor for the camera. We got some blips on the K2, which was a little weird because we were in the middle of a field, but we couldn't get anything concrete to confirm or deny the presence of something. Then we went to a group of rocks sat in the shade of the trees, and I set my phone on the rock so we could start our EVP section with the K2 next to it. And something happened! Yes, the K2 blipped a few times while we were asking questions, then boom. Her phone died! Just totally shut off, and we couldn't get it back on. And before this, it was plugged in in the car, and was fully charged. So we packed up and went back to the car, and boom! Bridget's phone worked again. It was weird, 
really spooky, but also exciting. And exhilarating, and so, so cool to have an experience. And it was really our first one, right? Right. Phew. Okay, that was a lot, and we haven't even gotten to the surprise Mom had for us. So, you will have to tune back in next week to hear all about the second half of our trip to Gettysburg and our surprise, because we are looking at this episode, and it's getting kind of long, so we are going to break it up. Real life, actual ghost hunt, in a real life haunted house with the Gettysburg Paranormal Society. I mean, they've been on TV and everything, and I got to stay up super late. It was really cool, and we don't want to give anything away, but you really don't want to miss next week's episode. Because, oh my god, if you think Spangler Spring was cool, this ghost hunt will totally blow your mind. Yep, I think that's it for this week. If you love what you hear, please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you listen. It helps new listeners find us. Yes, and if you've already left a review, thank you. We appreciate it. Anything else? Oh, just one thing. If you're a kid, like maybe under 11 or so, and love reading, check out my friend's podcast, Claudia's Book Reviews. She reviews all sorts of books, and you might find a new one you'll enjoy. I love listening to it and have found a few books I haven't read yet that I enjoyed. Okay, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks for listening. And remember, history is fun and sometimes a little spooky. They depended on it for their economy. Economy? From the Confederates. Confederates. <laughs>